0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Douris. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello and welcome back to Grace Life Douris. I am excited to be sharing part two of Perfect Perspective with you. If you missed part one, please go and listen to it. But if you don't have time, listen to this one and then maybe you'll want to listen to part one. Um, And I'm going to start us in prayer. If you want to grab a coffee or chocolate, it's winter year or getting winter year. Or if you want to grab a water or a juice, because maybe where you're at, it's summer. Please go right ahead and then come back for some time in prayer, an awesome, powerful time in God's Word, and let His presence refresh you and uh, show you who He is. And so, God, I want to thank You that right now You are right here. No matter what we're thinking, what we're going through, um, whether we're thinking about You or whether we are engaging with You, or whether we're thinking about everything that still has to happen today or tomorrow or the next day or this week, You are right here, right now, ministering deeply, and truthfully and honestly to us. And so we want to just open our hearts to that. We want to give way to you, Holy Spirit, to move. Um, and as your spirit moves in us and through us with this word, that it will bring revelation and knowledge to our innermost man and strengthen us from inside to live the way we were designed to live in relationship with the Father, in perfect union with the Spirit of God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to start this um, this day or start wherever you are with this question. Have you ever played a game, a computer game, a real game, a board game, where halfway through figuring it out, let's say you're at the end of round one or or whatever you want to call it of the game, you realized that you misunderstood the point of the game meaning that you scored points that helped nothing for the final round. What your next step is, is really important after you discover this. After you discover this, hopefully most of us will redirect what we've been doing and change it to um what is correct in the game. Some of you might feel like i will rather just start over from the beginning. Others might just give up and other people might just continue playing the way they've been playing pointlessly and get to the end and say, well, at least I played, which doesn't make any sense. If you've ever played a game like that, and you've realized that, oh man, I missed the point of this whole round, uh, hopefully you remember that feeling. If this example doesn't trigger a memory, then try to think of when you completed an assignment, whether for work or university, and uh, you did your best, you did as much as you, you um, could, you give it in, and to your heart's Disappointment, you get a mark back that's really low and the, the teacher writes over it because you missed the point. I've had that happen to me before. Um, and nobody likes that feeling at all. Okay. Praise God. It's only temporal. Nobody likes that feeling. Like I just completely missed the point, you know, whether it's in a conversation, whether it's in a game or whether it's in assignments and work work things that we need to get done. Well, I want you to imagine now with me getting to the end of your life and um, you are standing in front of God and you realize that your life has been good, you've not done bad and you did not do evil. You're standing in the throne room with God and as you listen to him share about his heart um, for your life, you hear these words, love, you missed the point. You did not miss eternity because you chose me, but you missed the point. If that was to happen, imagine the feeling you would feel when you realized everything that you thought it was about, it was not about. I think then some of the things that we might be worried about right now, thinking about right now, some of the things that's consuming our time right now, might just fall into perspective of eternity and may not matter anymore at all. As important as they are right now in this moment to you and to me, they will fade away when we realize that one day when we stand in the throne room of God, In his absolute presence, I do not want to hear. I love you, welcome home, but you missed the point. I want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. And that is really incredible. So as we look at what we're looking at, which is a a section in Luke twenty-four, I want you to carry this in your heart and in your in your mind as you think about the conversation that's happening between Jesus and his disciples. In Luke 24, there is a record of two disciples walking to Emmaus, and Jesus comes and walks amongst them while they're talking about the things that had happened in Jerusalem. Jesus' death um, by crucifixion, and now the report that he might actually be alive, but they're not sure yet. And so as they talk, Jesus appears to them, and they cannot, they do not see him, they do not recognize him as Jesus. They tell him everything, all the facts, all facts about Jesus. However, his response to them is found in Luke 24, verse 25 to 27. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Doesn't that just sound like the words, hey guys, you missed the point. He's not saying you missed salvation, but he is saying, oh foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. He's basically saying to them of everything you know, you still, you're missing the point. And then the beautiful thing about our Lord and our Savior is that he doesn't leave them there. He then continues after correcting them to explain to them. Now, there's nothing worse than playing a game or, um, that you never get feedback on and never realize that you're missing the point. Okay. It's like watching a movie with a horrible ending and you think to yourself, why did I ever watch this? I just wasted two hours of my life on this. Okay. So the same thing is true with correction. Why would we get offended when Jesus or God is correcting us when the correction is meant to put us on the right path? you know god's correction never carries condemnation jesus's correction never ever n- never did Jesus correct people with the aim of uh, condemning them He did not come to condemn he came to bring direction to say, repent, change your mind, change the way you see things, change your heart belief so that you can get on the right path, so you can turn from where you're going and go in a new direction. We might not get to it here, but you know the result of Jesus doing what he did, explaining to them all the things concerning himself, was that actually these two who were going to Mars in the wrong direction of where God had called them to be actually, ends up after this conversation walking 11.1 kilometers back to the other disciples to where they were supposed to be. And now their message was completely different. Now they had a message about Jesus as Lord, just because of correction. How powerful is that? So don't get discouraged if you're being corrected through this teaching. Get encouraged because correction is putting you back on the right path. Okay, so let's start with what Jesus is saying and go into it deeper because I told you with perfect perspective, the aim of this series is to really equip you to be clear on your understanding of who you are as a believer and who God is because you are a believer. It is to bring the reality of your Christian faith into perfect perspective so that you may live that which you are a believer. So we have to start with analyzing what does Jesus call these people and what does he mean? He says in verse 25, "O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken." So foolish men means the original word there is to be unintelligent, unwise and foolish. Now remember this is being said to men who spent 3 years with God on the earth because God had come to dwell with man and yet they missed the point. You see, the message here is very clear. Our intelligence and our wisdom does not lie in the things of the earth. And it does not even lie in seeing Jesus in his earthly ministry. There's much we can learn, but it is not enough to give us the spiritual wisdom and the heart to believe what God wants us to see through what Jesus did on the earth. Let me show you a very interesting verse we find in 2 Corinthians 5 or 16. Maybe if you've been in church circles for some time, you can quote 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. We have now become a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. But have you ever considered 2 Corinthians 5, which is verse 16, which is the almost the introduction to verse 17? It says that, Therefore, from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh, Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Whoa! The easy-to-read version says it like this. From this time on, we don't think of anyone as the world thinks of people. It is true that in the past we thought of Christ as the world thinks, but we don't think that way now. Wow! Not even of Christ. You see, if I really want to know and understand Jesus, I must turn to the pages that declare him. I must understand him the way he wants to be understood. And if we look at the passage, Jesus does not say, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe, in all that I have spoken to you. He doesn't point to his earthly ministry. He points to the ministry that was already there. He points to the prophets, and we're going to talk about what that means. But we call it today the Old Testament. Please note, Jesus never called it old. He refers to the scriptures to bring them to truth and the true revelation of who he is. scriptures meaning Genesis to Malachi, not the entire Bible, because it wasn't written when Jesus was talking to them. What was written was Genesis to Malachi. So, what is important here? We need to discern Jesus from those pages, and at the same time, we cannot just take everything as it is because Jesus is calling us to a deeper study to a revelation of who he is as the Christ, the Messiah, as a Lord, okay so what do i what where Where am I going with this? Well, let's just Focus on answering one question at a time. Why is it important that we need to see Jesus the way he is? Not the way we want him to be. Because remember, the, deci- the reason, one of the things that made them foolish and slow of heart to believe was that they couldn't, although they had the scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, they could not see the Christ in it. They could not see the Messiah in it. The, they had a picture of the Messiah which was not in accordance with the true knowledge of the heart of God. And so they failed to see God right there with them. They failed to see God in Jesus. Okay. And what did it cause? When you read that passage in Luke 24, you will see if you listen to last week, first of all, they were sad. Second of all, they were heading in the wrong direction. Third of all, they knew a lot of facts about Jesus. None of them lies, but none of them producing life. And this is the purpose of our Christian faith. It is not another religion. The purpose and the function and the, the whole point of our faith is that Jesus says, I have come to give you life. I have come to put God's life inside of you. You are there for something new. You see, every problem we have currently and every problem personally currently and every problem we have currently in the world, can all be traced back to a misunderstanding about who God is through Christ, through Jesus. It might sound so simplistic, but it's true. Remember also that the belief is the key in this, this correction. What we believe about Jesus is so very important to how we will live. The greater our capacity to understand God and Jesus accurately from the Bible, the greater our lives impact will have on the world for the kingdom and for his glory. And that is exactly what happened with these disciples. Those who were discouraged, those who were sad, those who were going in the wrong direction because of this conversation with their Lord and Savior and the revelation that he is God went all the way back started sharing the good news and didn't stop for all their lives. And it turned the world right side up. So do you want to be called foolish, unintelligent and unwise? I don't think anybody wants to be called that. Now you might be called that in the world, that you are foolish, unwise, unintelligent, because you believe in Christ, you believe in Jesus, you believe that he is God. You might be called that because you don't know all the facts about the world, you don't know all the statistics, and you're not up to date with the most recent news. I want to encourage you today, my dear friend, what God has to tell you and what God has to share with you, and the spiritual wisdom you gain by spending time in the presence of your Lord and Savior will never lead you to be foolish. It will lead you, a true revelation of who Jesus is through the scriptures will always lead you to having the right wisdom at the right time, because that is who God is. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 30, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, I believe it says that he has become to us wisdom. You see? So never think that you are a fool to believe. And I want to in- tell you something. These disciples were up to date with current events in the world around them. And yet Jesus called them slow of heart to believe, okay? So, he says they're slow. What does this this word mean? So, except for calling them foolish, he said slow of heart. You know, if we are up to date with everything around us in our flesh, if we know how to feel, if we know how to think, if we know how to analyze everything going on in the world, it really can lead us to be slow of heart to believe, okay? What does that mean? Well, slow means to be dull and inactive in mind, it's slow to apprehend or believe. Think about it like this. Imagine you ask someone for a cup of tea and they put the tea bag in the cup and then they quickly take it out. If you were to drink that tea, that would be pretty dull. Have you ever had food that you ate because you were hungry, but it wasn't great, it wasn't bad, it was just dull? Okay, this is what it means to be slow or inactive in your mind. Slow to apprehend or believe. It's just not tasteful. It's not tasteful. I definitely do not want to be slow in that way or in that sense. Do you know what heart is? Unfortunately, the world has given it the wrong soft definition of a cute cuddly bear holding a little heart and red hearts all over the place on Valentine's Day. But that is not what God's word is showing us. The heart is the center. It's the epicenter or the seat of our spiritual life. And our senses of our physical life. Imagine your real heart, for example. Well, how much does that do for your body? And so much more the word heart when it's used in the scriptures to talk about the seat. It's like the throne room of a king where the king sits. This is where all his royal decisions are made. This is where he is treated as royalty. That is your heart. That is your throne room. Okay. This is the core of what we operate from as human beings. If we know everything about what's happening in the world around us, and we are able to build our lives around the knowledge of that world, God calls us dull, inactive, and slow to apprehend. Whoa! Now that's a correction. Remember, I warned you from the beginning. It's a correction, not condemnation. It's just showing you, pointing you, to why you don't have perfect perspective in your life. When we are more moved by our outside environments, We will always be slow of heart with regards to spiritual things. It is so true. I can testify about that. I can meditate on verses in the morning and then my day starts to run and I get too much involved in a conversation or in a meeting and my emotions get involved and everything get involved. And suddenly I'm completely far away. I have to remind myself, what was that spiritual truth I learned this morning? And we don't need to be like that, people. We don't need our hearts to be like that. We can be in the world, but we don't need to be of it. Mark 19 verse 14 to 29 is another example where the disciples failed to cast out a demon because they were more moved by, by what they saw this boy manifest than believing who Jesus is on the inside. There's many examples of this. We do not want to be counted among them. So when we see Jesus from the prophets, we're going to talk about that. When we see him for who he truly is, something in our hearts come alive and we start to live in a place with perfect and clear perspective and our minds and our hearts switch on to who God really is. And this will give us wisdom to live our lives It is God, God says that he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Okay, don't think you'll be a fool. A fool is to not be a fool and slow of heart is someone who cannot discern Jesus and who he is as Lord and Savior. So now Jesus says to them that they are slow to believe what? The prophets, what the prophets have spoken. So this word has also unfortunately got a lot of taglines behind it. But you know, the, the scriptural and especially the Jewish idea of the word prophet is not just someone who you are prophet so and so. No, this word actually means the spokesperson for God. It is men filled with the Holy Spirit, men and women filled with the Holy Spirit, who by God's authority and command in words of clarity, pleads the case for God. To the Jewish mind, there are many, many more prophets than what we would just consider a prophet. Like Isaiah, we would say he was a prophet. However, we would be a little bit more cautious to call Noah a prophet, or Abraham, or Adam. These people are also all prophets. Why? Because they are spokesmen for God. They are giving a message. What they're doing is sending a message for God. Some of them fell, of course. but uh, they, they are spokespeople, spokesmen for God. So by using this term prophet here, he is doing what he has done before in referring to the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. In fact, in Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. And he's now referring not just to Moses, the law, the first five books, and the prophets, meaning all the others after. He says, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. It is also a term used by others to describe the Old Testament. For example, in one John uh, sorry, in John 1.45, Philip found Nathanael and he says to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Had they had hold on to that, it would have helped them a lot. But when they see Jesus, they say he is the one who the law and the prophets meaning all of scripture Genesis to Malachi has referred to. Jesus is saying, when he speaks to his disciples on the road to Emmaus, he says the point of scripture was, and now this starts with the very reason for our existence at creation. The very reason for our existence at creation is given in the scripture. And he says, it is all pointing to himself, God coming to dwell not just with us, but in us. In this very statement, Jesus is also challenging his disciples by saying, Hey boys, it's time to grow up. It's time to think differently. It's time to reason with perfect perspective. It is a call to maturity. And we all have to hear that call. Be willing to to correct and turn change the way we saw things, and go in the direction where we mature. Why? Well, maturity leads to fruitfulness. As much as I love my five-year-old and my two-year-old, I have no desire for them to stay five-year-old and two-year-old. I have a desire to see them mature and grow into all that God has called them to be. All. They cannot bear fruit right now. They cannot have children. They cannot minister. They cannot live their lives in the fullness of the calling that God has for them. Why? Right now, they are maturing, but if they stop, then we have a problem, okay. And a part of that maturing process, ask me as a mother, is a whole lot of correction. (laughs) So let's be humble enough to take it, okay. The next word we're going to focus on there in Luke is the word Christ. Do you see that was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things? That word Christ is very beautiful, it is the same word uh, it's used. There, as a Greek word, Christ. But in the Hebrew writings, it's used. the word is used Messiah, which is referring to the anointed one or the chosen one. So in ancient Israel, when someone was go- given the position of authority, oil was poured out on his head to signify that he was being set apart for God's service. It happens in 1 Samuel 10 verse 1 and many other places. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed in such fashions. The anointing was a symbolic act to indicate God's choosing. The oil was not God's choosing. There is nothing special in the oil. Remember, we're growing up. We're getting past the immature things. We're getting past the shadows. We're getting to the real thing. There is nothing special about the oil. What is special is God speaking and men in obedience confirming what was spoken and they used it through oil. There's many other mediums used like this throughout scripture. Water is another example of a shadow used to point to a deeper reality. So kings by God were already chosen, certain kings. And then the prophet, for example, would go and pour out oil to say that this is the Lord. It's a confirmation. It's a prophetic symbol to say this is the Lord's choosing. Now, before I get into that, the Bible says Jesus was anointed with oil on two separate occasions by different women in Matthew 26 and Luke 7. But the most significant anointing came by the way of the Holy Spirit, which we find in in Acts 10. This was really a scripture that blessed him. In Acts 10, it says here in verse 38. Let's find it. 38. And I lost it. Let me read it. There you go. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. There is the true. See, the oil was the shadow. Now the true thing has come. The anointing was referring to always was just a shadow to show us what Jesus was going to show us, that the true anointing is to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Isn't that beautiful? So we see in this word, what we see here is that Christ, the anointed one, the one called by God, the one empowered with the power, um, the uh, sorry, the one who was anointed with the Holy Spirit, who was the empowering and who is the empowering today. He is the one that it was all about. He, it, it, it's all been about Jesus all along. And now that same power, that same anointing, that same spirit lives inside of every believer when we turn and receive Jesus and make him Lord of our life, making him the new king and ruler in our hearts, there where we make our decisions, and ask him to lead us into his glory. So we get to the new next word. It says there in Luke, it says, the glory was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer, to enter into his glory? And that word is so magnificent. I just have to show you that. Glory means to the splendor or brightness. It's the most excellent state. Okay, so listen carefully. Okay, in the last few minutes we have left. I hope you're not tired yet. Okay. Or actually, no, I'm going to leave us right there because we, I realize we have only a few minutes left. So I'm going to leave it there. We'll pick this up another time. What I want to leave you with is the fact and the encouragement that in Luke 24, Jesus said to those who were following him who couldn't see Christ for who he really is. He says, this is foolish and slow of heart to believe. But he is also giving us an encouragement you don't need to be foolish and slow of heart to believe. You can see me throughout the scriptures and if you choose to, I can make you wise. I can make you understand spiritual reality so that you may see Christ, the anointed one for who he really is. For When we see God in perfect perspective in our lives and we are able to share that with others, not head knowledge, but revelation knowledge, as it says in Ephesians 1, Um, when we can reveal that, when we understand that we can also reveal it to others, then we can do what Jesus did when he then continued in verse 27 and started with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And as these men were walking, their hearts started to burn within them as they heard. And not just that, their hearts, the place where they make their decisions, the throne room, not just did that burn as an emotional, we were excited. Oh no, this was a fire that moved them where they were going out of God's plan, back into God's plan, and they, along with the other disciples, turned their world and our world today, more than 2,000 years later, we are still reaping the fruitfulness of their lives. So be encouraged, as you study the word, as you study out these things, as we look at this, we will be able to walk in greater fruitfulness than you can ever imagine. And it will deeply and profoundly impact your life and those around you for generations to come when we can understand Jesus for who he is and God and who we are because of what he has done. We praise you, Father, for the privilege of knowing you, for the word that you have given us, and that you didn't just put together a little easy word for us to understand, no, but this Bible will take us a lifetime of digging and discovering and explaining and learning and translating and everything else that's needed to get the word into our hearts. But, Father, I want to thank you that your Spirit is with us, showing us and revealing to us that you do not want to hide, but that you want us to know you, like we may have never known you before. Thank you, Father. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Douris area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.graceline.com